minutes. Cut. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the N Words of Nerd podcast. I'm your host Jason, and we are here with my cast crew and members. And uh, we have a very special episode coming for you today. It is Ghostbusters on everything. Who are you gonna call? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. We're probably gonna call Jaron because the way Jaron's dressed, he uh, he's the guy <laughs> we call on here. So, without further ado, um, back off his uh, firing. I mean, hiatus, excuse me, <laughs> vacation. Uh, we figured we would bring the top most Ghostbuster expert in for the Ghostbuster show. We're here with Jaron. What's going on, Jaron? How's it going? Hey, hey, how's it going? Thanks for unfiring me. Uh, that lawsuit, we just we can't talk about it, but uh, you know. <laughs> You're talking about the lawsuit, Jared. You're not I'm supposed glad, to talk about it. I'm glad we came to an agreement. <laughs> just, just a question. Um, can we not talk? Which one are we going to talk about first? The lawsuit or the Batman discussion? Uh, <laughs> oh, we're going to do Batman next week. Yeah, we're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely doing that. Facts, 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 All right, as always, we have our Duke of all nerds, Jason. What's going on? Jaren, don't watch the beginning of our B-roll of this program. <laughs> <laughs> Watching all of it, I can't wait. Yes, it's great. It's good. Good day. Good day. It's early for us today. We're shooting early. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to jump right into it without any further delay. We are going to talk about Ghostbusters today. But before we jump into Ghostbusters, the movies, we're going to talk about naming our number one Ghostbusters scene. So in this exercise, we are going to be able to take members from any and all the <laughs> Ghostbusters teams, which means we can take from the comic books. From the cartoon shows, from the movies, even the video game. And we're going to plop them right into our team to make a cohesive four. But you know, with all Ghostbusters rules, you got to have at least one black guy. So starting this <laughs> list off, we're going to go with Jason. Jason, who is your first member you're going to put in your team? The first member I'm going to put in my team is uh, Holtzman uh, from uh, Ghostbusters 2016. She's the only the redeemable character. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I can't. I can't. But she's very creative. Uh, she her gadgets uh, blow Egon's kind of out of the water. So, like, if I'm going to have a team with some good gadgets on it, you need Holtzman. So that's my number. That's my. She's my third round draft pick, but she's the one I'm. I'm saying first. Okay. All right. Who? Uh, your next member on your team, Jason? Who do you have there? Oh, next on my team. Okay, we got Movie Ray. All right, not comic okay. ray, not cartoon ray, movie ray. All right, because he is like the perfect blend of like science C, but also like just enthusiasm for the the subject. Like he's not like Egon, where he's like uh, borderline autistic, maybe, but he, he he's just a, a scientist who's also just a normal guy. He likes to have a beer, likes to smoke a cigarette. He's in he's in it for the job. He also finds it really interesting, but he's in it for the job as well. So I really like movie ray. All right, and your next one, your third member of the team, <laughs> Winston. <laughs> uh, any Winston, just throw him in there. It doesn't matter which Winston it is. It's got to be a Winston, um, just because he's the he's the he's the 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 everyman. He's the heart and the soul. He's the guy who who knows what's going on. You know, he's the he's the the street smart guy. He's He's Winston. He's the guy that they just trained to be a Ghostbuster for crying out loud. He picked up that as, as as quickly as possible, and he's saying shit that'll make you turn white. <laughs> <laughs> they literally in his first scene, he hand him the traps to go put it away. Like, oh, you're he's right? like, yeah, all right, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, and then your last member to the team. And finally, I will go with Roland from Extreme Ghostbusters because 
we need a little bit more color on this team. Okay. Uh, oh, he's boy. also very handy with uh, he's very handy mechanically. So with with Ray and with uh, Holtzman, he could probably throw jump in there and help out with building machines and stuff like that. But you know, he's also a brother, so we need that too. Played by Alfonso Riviera, Riviera, you know Carlton in the yep. as as you know, and <clears> I always <throat> love him. He's great. <laughs> he gets <laughs> he gets so much uh, flack for being Carlton, but come on, we were all in there. <laughs> were, were, were we all? Were we all? Yes, we all were, Jason. Anybody on this show was. I know that for a fact. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go jump. I'll jump into my team of Ghostbusters. Uh, mine is similar to yours, but for a little bit changes. So I'll go off and get it off the back. Holtzman, 2016, Ghostbusters. Again, same reasons, gadgetry, inventive, uh, you know, IQ. Also, it's just something really uh, weird and fascinating about her that I would love to just see how fucking weird she can go. Anyway, uh, the next one, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Kylie Griffin from Extreme Ghostbusters. Um, She was very um, expert in the occult, was very efficient. Actually, one of the Holtzman's items that's in Ghostbusters 16, the handgun, she yep she she has them in the extreme ghostbusters so i thought hey holtzman built it you have an expert that knows how to use them uh that good one and then again she's very book knowledgey when it comes to paranormal the occult etc so that will be our research hound for it now this one i'm going to basically cheat and twist uh multiverse universal ideas here and i'm going to go winston from the comic books in the video game with the military background because anybody who knows, Winston's backstory kind of <clears throat> changes canon depending on which view you look at it from. So now I have my leader of my team, my quote-unquote Captain America, military <laughs> Marine guy. You give the orders, can do this, X, Y, Z. Now my last one, but this is what I'm bending reality here for, I'm taking Winston for at, from Afterlife because he rich. <laughs> he ain't got to worry about that budget no more. We got that budget, baby. <laughs> So that is my team of Ghostbusters to round it out, taking Ooh. care of all the concerns that they usually have by making sure they got money to back. They ain't making eleven five a year. They making sixty seven. Right. <laughs> right. And and what? And this thing is, at least these Ghostbusters will probably have a return on investment because yeah. we saw those prices that Vacuum was ordered but was charging back in the eighties. Imagine nah. what he's charging in two thousand and twenty one twenty two. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right, right. (laughs) One another extra uh, thousand dollars. All right, 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 right. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the only one bending a little bit of reality here with mine, so that's good. Um, Team full of Bankmans. Yeah. So we're we're starting with Holtzman. I agree with you guys. Everything you said. She gives me the air of a scientist that used to work for the government, but they got rid of her because she was too crazy or too dangerous and they couldn't <laughs> figure out how to kill her. So she just ended up on the like black market and ended up in the Ghostbusters employee. I love Holtzman. I think she's great. Uh, the actress is phenomenal. Um, next up, I, I'm going uh, uh, movie Egon, uh, Harold Ramis. Uh, difficult to do, I, I get, but uh, <laughs> right now. But, um, <laughs> but I think that him playing off Holtzman, I, it'd be funny to watch him have to try to ground her a little bit, and I think that... would be the straight that, man in that situation. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> oh, even though he's the weirdest yeah. straight man in the world. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I think that look, they, look. Their, back, their play off each other would be fantastic. Um, look, let's keep in perspective that Egon did sleep with the ooze. 
Yes, oh, always yeah. the quiet ones. It's always the quiet <laughs> always ones. The quiet ones. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> next up, uh, I have to agree with Jason. Uh, I'm going with uh, Comic Book Winston. They fleshed out his backstory exceptionally well. Uh, military background helps. Um, and then also he's the most emotionally stable Ghostbuster in those uh, things because he's managed to uh, get a fiance and uh, actually hold down a relationship, which is something the original cast had a, a difficult time doing in any of the movies. <laughs> um and then my reality bendy one. So I I want the same dynamic of the original four. So I know I've stacked it a little hard in the two smart people. And then I've got the strong guy as kind of the leader. So we're leaving Ray out of it. And this is my reality bend. I'm going to cast another Winston, but Eddie Murphy's Winston. Uh, that would have happened if he decided uh... to turn down uh, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> You're like, cheating. I know. I know. <laughs> that is all. I'm, I will allow it. I will allow it. <laughs> I think he would be the funny man, but also he, he would bring you know a little bit of uh, a little bit of Eddie Murphy to the role. So yeah, he would I put think, a banana uh, in a in a in a exhaust pipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, you better be with him too Just long. Stop the ghost. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So we got we got two different Winston's from two different realities. I mean, I feel like that's appropriate for Ghostbusters. There's probably some sort of cross rip that occurred, you know, and that's, where Eddie that's Murphy happened. actually played Ghost. <laughs> can can yep. you imagine Axel with a proton pack? I mean, that's basically what yeah. we're getting. We get W Hills <laughs> Cop with a proton be, pack. Be, I wouldn't even <laughs> trust with Beverly the gun. Hills yeah. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop is what he did of Ghost Accelerator on his back. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that was our list of team of Ghostbusters. Guys, please remember to look to respond or comment in below. Tell us what your team of your four best Ghostbusters would be, or if it's one of our teams that are just, just egregious, please let us know. Again, we all did have Holtzman, and I think we all had Winston on our team. So what does that say about, you know, the rest of the Ghostbusters here, you know, how we really Peter feel, Reagan I guess, sucks. down? <laughs> right, and I still haven't forgiven Stranger Things for making the black kids say that, too. F Stranger Things for that. <laughs> Um, if you don't know, watch Stranger Things. It's a very, you know, jacked up scene. About They've that. watched yeah. Stranger Things. Every, yeah. Come on. We don't have to suggest watching Stranger Things. Or just yeah, search I mean. Stranger Things Ghostbusters on YouTube and just watch that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Some people hate the kids. So some people be like, man, I don't watch the damn thing with no kids. So, you know, speaking of that, not watching damn things with kids, let's go and jump into our Ghostbusters after <laughs> our Afterlife review there. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife is the newest I guess we would call it Ghostbusters. I guess it would be considered Ghostbusters 3 at this point. Entry or are we going to say it's 4? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's August, 3 yeah. of the original series. Yeah. Okay, Jerry, you're going to let him get that off? Because I know how you feel about it. I mean, uh, the, game. the game is technically 3. It was written by Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd, and it followed directly after Ghostbusters 2. So, uh, it's hard Video to games say. don't count. It's 3.5, so, yeah. <laughs> Or let's go 2.5. Let's do yeah, 2.5, yeah. Then All right. Make, well, then let's do <laughs> the newest installment to the Ghostbusters franchise, Ghostbusters Afterlife. When a single mother and her two children move to a new town, they soon discover they have a connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and jump into our review of this. Jason, what was your thoughts of Ghostbusters Afterlife? Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. It was really, really funny. Uh, I liked all the, the cheesy, corny jokes. I enjoyed the nostalgia part of it. 
And now I'm going to talk shit about it. <laughs> uh, I could have used a, a little bit more Paul Rudd. Uh, Paul Rudd was not as much of an as I wanted him to be. Uh, Finn Wolfhart. Fuck Finn Wolfhart. <laughs> like, he's probably the most <laughs> blandest character actor of all time. I, he's just he's just there in this movie. Um, little girl uh, who they got to play the little girl is McKenna Grace. Phoebe. Yeah, she's she's great. She's probably the best part of this movie. I mean, she is practically her movie to begin with. So, yeah. um, she's awesome in this. She does this job so well. She definitely is channeling uh, Egon Spangler very very well in this movie. Um, how can poor white women always be you know inheriting houses? <laughs> like uh, privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Always is like, oh, we we we're getting kicked out of our apartment, but hey, guess what? We don't gotta live in the streets because we inherited a house from a dead relative, and we're gonna go live in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Definitely a movie trope for sure. <laughs> it's like it's not that you know hard to sell the thing, and I'm sure someone would have bought the that property could have easily been. I don't know how Oklahoma property goes, but here, if it was something here in Georgia, you know that something that size would have been like three million dollars easy. You know, oh yeah, even with that shitty ass house. You see the rest of the uh you see the rest of that town. I don't think anybody could have afforded another. I'm just saying house. if it was in Georgia, it would have been yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rest <laughs> right. of that town. Nothing. Thanks um, for come for it in Georgia. Yeah, like for me, like I hate, and this is just my opinion, you know, it's completely okay to be wrong with this. I just hate like sequels where they just kids do the things that adults did in previous movies. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just kind of lessens the like work they put in because these guys in the original Ghostbusters were you know they had multiple PhDs and even though that they started doing like a you know blue collar job of busting ghosts you know they did it because they were able they were they were able to do to create the technology and and be there and do all that stuff you know and then you know this 12 year old girl just picks it up and it's like I can do it too <laughs> no training required <laughs> It's so, called YouTube. It's called YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you learn anything off of YouTube. You she know. also had a, a dead <laughs> grandfather helping. Yeah, her she had. She had. Whoa! Spoilers! 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 Wait. Oh, wait. we have a section yeah. for that. We have a section for that. <laughs> Jaren. Oh, good. Sorry, but you know what? Even with all the nitpicky shit, the nostalgia here is great. The the minion thing that they did with the marshmallows that's in the it's it's unnecessary. But I was like, oh, this is fun for me, you know. So otherwise, <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, my kid was laughing along with it. Uh, <laughs> he even told me that uh, the little girl was the best shot out of all the Ghostbusters because all the rest of the Ghostbusters can't hit shit for, for shit. <laughs> facts. <laughs> facts. <laughs> so it was really, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm glad they finally came out with a movie that is a sequel to the original timeline of movies. Yes. And I'm here for anything they put after this, as long as it's still in this same universe. Okay. Uh, I'll jump into it, because I think we're going to do a trend here of letting Jaren go last, since, you know, we, we already know where he's going to lean, except for 2016. Going into it, so um, life after 2016's Ghostbusters seems like it's going to be a lot brighter. I think <laughs> I made a joke last week that 2016's Ghostbusters had to die a slow death for this one to walk. And it show improves in this one because this one totally feels like it could be a sequel to the originals. Not in the comedic sense, not in the sense of the atmosphere of New York City, 
but in the the family and the fact of the relationships. One of the biggest things about Ghostbusters that's not talked about enough is the relationships between, the, especially the original three, and then if you go into the sequel, all four of them, this one hammers that home a lot. It, it does it does it in a weird way, not in a typical way of just putting the three people or four people together and letting them work it out. It does it in a way of saying that, hey, we're building this relationship amongst ourselves, but also this relationship links to the past. And I thought that was an interesting take on the film to say, okay, this is Egon's legacy. How does Egon's legacy, which seems to be disconnected from his descendants, but bring it to a whole? And I think if you were going to do this movie any other way, it fails because it did enough to link us to the past that we were able to buy into things, but also did enough new that we were able to say, oh, that's fun. That's interesting. Um, and an example of this is what Jason said. Yeah, the, these brilliant minds built this equipment and stuff, and now. This 12-year-old girl figures it out in X, Y, and Z. Well, they do a good job of showing that this 12-year-old girl is very, very handy, She's very, smart. very intelligent. So almost to the degree, <clears throat> if you give her a set of directions of how to do something, I feel like she's very capable to do this. And that set of directions just happened to be, as Jared spoiled earlier. So with that being <laughs> said, um, the only, you know, I have some nitpicky things before I go into nitpicky things. I want to kind of examine the roles that are played here. So even my man Flynn, <laughs> they, they're going to definitely make him the the and yes, I know, guys. I know it's Finn. I know everybody's we're pre- comment we're below. Pronouncing it why wrong keep, on purpose. Yeah, why do you keep saying his name is this? Look at a previous segment. That's why we call him Flynn now. Um, but even him being handy capable when it comes to putting together the, the Ecto One, which again is in the, it's in the trailer. You see him driving it in the trailer. So people are like, oh, spoilers. No, you see, but he puts it together again. That's showing that he has a knack for mechanics and using his hands, which is. You know, grandfather did as well as Ray did. We look at the one of the characters that are new to the film um, podcast. He is what we all really want, because if you can't have Bill Murray, give me a toned down comedic relief. I don't need someone to be Bill Murray. I don't need someone to be Peter Bankman. I need someone to just give us some of the relief without having to do the extra, because you realize very, very recently, real quickly in this film how over-the-top Peter Vakeman is compared to everything else in this film in, in some scenes at the end. So I enjoyed that he's going to fill that role as the guy that needs everything more explained to it to kind of bridge the gap. But also he has a role because out of all of the people involved, he's probably the most adjusted to the things that go on in the real world. Or let's say if we have the studious type, he would be closer to that because of the podcast he does. Um, and then we bring in, the you know, we got to bring in the, the token black character, which – Again, she didn't get much of it, but a lot close to the first one. I mean, if you want to keep it real, Winston isn't in much of the first one. He's either. not in the first two thirds of the movie. He's not even in right, the right. last <laughs> half of the, of the second act. <laughs> right. So to bring her in and then make her, you know, ride or die with them is a good add on, too. So all of, to say all this, this movie feels very Star Wars Force Awakens to me, which is not a bad thing. Let's go back to Force Awakens. Most of us loved Force Awakens when it came out. The only negative we had was that it was too close to the original. But we were like, oh, it's a good start. If you're going to re-kick a franchise, make it feel familiar. This felt familiar. This felt like we were getting back in the seat with some old friends and being like, unlike the Eternals, these were my friends from college. And now I'm back in the seat with them and I have this ride just with maybe their kids are involved now too. So it did (laughs) feel familiar. It did feel fun. (laughs) Right, right, right. Uh, the only nitpicky things I had was that I do think that some of the urgency they could have gave Flynn to really cement his role 
kind of got undercut by some stuff that happened, which we'll talk about in spoilers. And I also think that the heartwarming, touching moments went a little longer for me than I wanted. So, but whatever. But let's talk about some of the things I enjoy. I enjoyed that the gadgets, which me and Jared were both gadget heads, but definitely in this one, I enjoyed the gadgets they did, the stuff they came up with, the new feel of it. And I also felt that putting the setting where it was allowed for the old technology to feel right. Because if you did this back in New York City, how much of New York City's advanced since 84 till now, some of this stuff would have been unbelievable. We can't imagine <laughs> Ecto one streaming down New York City, splitting corners because we know what New York City's traffic is like. Right, right. <laughs> we would have, it would have had to spend a lot of disbelief to make it work in New York City again. So making it work in this small town where nobody seems to be that technologically advanced, nobody really cares about anything but the small town, it works. So when this technology comes out and it happens, it feels, because the technology is from 1984, preferably, it feels like it's suited perfectly for this town. So I thought the location of doing this was very, very mm-hmm. smart as well. Um, but yeah, that's my review, man. I, I loved it, man. And, I, and everybody knows for the longest time I hated on this movie. So for me to come in and say I loved it, after <laughs> the first time I saw it, I was like, this is going to be Stranger Things. And then the other previews, I'm like, Jaren, you know this is going to suck. I used to tell Jaren, like, once a month, <laughs> you know that movie's going to suck, right? And to come in and say that I loved it shows you that like it, it did it did a job very well. All right, Jaren, what do you think? All right, spoiler free. Let's go. Uh, Here we go. Spoiler free. Jason Reitman did an amazing job of walking the line between introducing us to new characters that weren't boring, while also giving us the right nostalgia that when it did show up, it was we were excited to see it. The biggest uh, pitfall I think that this movie could have fallen into was uh, uh, making it so that every time there was a nostalgia point, everybody was excited, but then it would cut to what was happening in the present day or with the present characters. And we're like, all right, now I got to wait for the next one. He made the characters. uh, McKenna Grace's Phoebe was phenomenal. Uh, She was like one of those atypical neural types, kind of a young Sheldon-y kind of thing going on. Um, He's definitely on the spectrum. Definitely on the spectrum, but she she uh, she was phenomenal. And yeah, I think the the playoff with uh, the podcast character, um, he and her, their back and forth really it was it it was heartwarming. It was you you if you've ever had a if you've ever moved as a kid into a new to a new place and had to try to make friends again from the start without all the history and all the you know knowledge and everything. It's a difficult thing. So th- there was something that that hit me there that I enjoyed. Uh, I am a huge gadget fan. Uh, part of you know when I think of my favorite '80s movies or my favorite movies growing up, they all have that in common. Is they had something very very cool that I always wanted to own or have myself. Be it the uh, DeLorean from Back to the Future, the Ecto One, or Proton Pack or a Trap, like uh, even the PKE meter. Yeah, I mean, uh, the whip for, <laughs> like, being good with the whip for, like, Indiana Jones. Um, ooh, you should ooh, let that ooh, one. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I derailed you. Um, no, but uh, the, the you can tell Jason Reitman uh, is, is probably closer to our age because I think that he had a lot of, of similar love and he gave that uh, love. He showed it in his directing style. Uh, part of it was to 
Uh, there were a couple of scenes where he really zoomed in on the PKE meter to like obscure who was using it. Um, but uh, oftentimes, like you could tell that there was just uh, uh, a genuine appreciation of the gadgetry that follows or that that makes this this story possible. Um, also, he upgraded one thing with the gadgets, and it was a I, I don't a spoiler. I don't know. Uh, it's it's nothing that has to do with the story, but. He made uh, an, uh, somebody at some point upgraded their PKE meter to have a, a trigger on the back that turned it into a shock, uh, kind of a, a, a taser, a ghost taser. <laughs> um, and uh, I thought that was a phenomenal evolution of the gadget without like was still feeling true to the. To the, the I felt like he upgraded three things. OK, yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. I mean, again, I'm, I'm trying to be unspoilery. So uh, and we'll get into a lot of detail here coming up but um he made the new story compelling enough and the characters were fleshed out enough that i enjoyed it yes flynn got the short end of the stick we could have used more paul rudd and honestly we could have used more lucky um uh, we could always use more lucky yeah she she <laughs> Max. when and she more... was there when she was on screen she was she she was commanding the scene and it was great every time so um more Burkeen woodside as well yeah and i mean she Max. had that yeah, she also, she kind of brought that very mildly, but it was there, that kind of Murray skeptic kind of like, you know, very cool about everything going on. She seemed very to handle everything that was being thrown at her. Just like, all right, I guess we're going to go this route now. So she had that vibe that I liked that just a little too cool for school, but just the right amount. And I dug it. Um, She's a child. Just making sure yeah. you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason actually, Jason uh, number one brought that up. Um, seeing and 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 I I thoroughly agree, but I have to give you all the credit for this this thought because I just I agree with it and I want to echo it. Um, uh, the idea that we are using kids and not adults it takes this level of uh, uh, how'd you put it exactly? You, you they were able to kind of deal with the things that they were seeing and uh, without the fear and learned like like let's protect ourselves behavior that comes from being around a lot longer i guess <laughs> yeah um, i made the comment i want that, to preserve that, my life because i know shit's right. out there to hurt me <laughs> i made the comment that them putting it with kids works because kids in this generation have seen so much through youtube social media and internet that anything that happens around them and to them isn't as terrifying to us because we've seen things go bad really quickly for them. They haven't because they've just taken so much in. So when these things happen that we would be like, oh, my God, they're just like, oh, man, that sucked. Like, <laughs> yeah. because this, yeah. this is that generation now. Like, they have been desensitized to all the horrors of life because it's <laughs> right. their life is they're on a burning planet of, of fire. Yeah. <laughs> right. <This> right. <laughs> so, Nothing scarier than global worse. warming to them. Right. <laughs> And a lot of people in the re the early reviews said that they did they were worried that there wasn't going to be enough of the funny. Um, I I either disagree with their their interpretation or uh, maybe they wrote that before they actually saw it. They lacked joy the, in their heart. Yeah, the interplay uh, between the family, uh, between Paul Rudd and anybody he talked to, um, <laughs> it it was great. It was sharp. It was quick. Um, and it was you know heavily sarcastic and it was fantastic it, 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 had a, it had a it had a vibe to it and i was there for it so all in all uh 
I really enjoyed this movie. I've seen it three times now, and every time I've seen it subsequently, it's gotten I've enjoyed it a little bit more. Yeah. So it 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 the first time I saw it, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I dig it, I dig it. The second time I saw it, I was like, okay, no, I, I'm I'm really enjoying this, and and the the last time I saw it with you guys, uh, I I just I yeah it was phenomenal, and it's emotion the emotional point, uh, the big one did go on a bit too long. I think I agree with Jason on that one, um, but it gets me every time. <laughs> so I got I was tearing up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those of you to, to know, is that we all plan on going to see this movie together yesterday <laughs> on Saturday at three fifty. Right. To find right. out when we get there that Jaren has already seen the movie twice. I managed to get off work early on Thursday. It was literally two minutes before the last showing at the movie theater across from where I work. So I was like, knowing he already had a plan to see this on Saturday. <laughs> oh, I already had. The, mm-hmm. I already had the ticket for Saturday. I still. <laughs> so before we get into spoilers, sorry, excuse me. Before we get into spoilers, real quick, let's take an ad break. All right, let's go ahead and jump right into spoiler territory. Uh, let's go ahead and let you start, Jaren, since you end it. Let's go ahead and start with spoilers. Sure. Uh, where do you want to go with that right there? Uh, do you want to talk about the ending? You want to start there, or do you want to yeah, talk about the gadgetry? Kind of and, and let's, okay. let's let, yeah, let's kind of round robin this. Don't everybody jump in where you feel the need. I'll just kind of uh, I feel the need. <laughs> uh, don't have Jaren reclaim his time. Don't have Jaren yeah. reclaim his time. <laughs> Can I reclaim my time? um so spoilers like the the worst kept spoiler in the world this family is spanglers and and honestly after watching it the third time it's there are they go to great lengths not to To say say their last name over and over and over (laughs) again in the movie when i would imagine the kids their last name is not spangler but unless my theory is correct that she was born because the actress that plays the mom is like 40. But really? like if she was Egon's kid after Ghostbusters 2, she would only be like 32. So that she means she would have had uh Finn Lynn at 15 or 16 or 17, which is possible. When you when you think your dad abandoned you, sometimes those are the choices you make. Yeah. Life, so. <laughs> Though I saw another theory that she that Egon had already been before Ghostbusters one had already been married and divorced by that time. Oh, mm. well, that could work because we don't know anything about their personal lives before. No, but the way she says it though, she says, you know, she he lived with them and then he left to go to Oklahoma. So in my mind, that makes her born after eighty nine. What makes you think she's like forty? Her, she's the actress is forty. Oh yeah, but the actress, you know that, you know that word. Yeah, I'm just saying that if the if we're going by the actress's age, she I'm would sure. be born before he ever became a ghost, Ghostbuster. Sure, but yeah. if she is the age in which I think she is, that means she had to be born after 1989, yeah. and therefore she would have had Flynn at 17, which is fine. It's yeah. okay to have kids early. I'm but, gonna say okay. Also, but this, also this it's means, a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. Also, this this means that there are several years, or at least a year or two after two, where they did run a, a successful business that was slowly dying. dying. Well, see, mm-hmm. it, 
in my in my mind, it's like every time they did something, like when they fought Gozer for the first time. Spoiler: uh, they fight him for the second time. <laughs> oh yeah, like, Gozer's the big bad. The reason why they were able to be Ghostbusters is because Gozer was about to come up, and by yeah. them beating Gozer, there were mm-hmm. no more ghosts. Mm-hmm. And then on in in Ghostbusters two, the reason they were back again was because Vigo the Carpathian was making more ghosts. Right. They beat Vigo, no more ghosts. So like, unless another great big thing was going to happen again, it was kind of like, yeah, you keep putting yourself out of business because you keep doing your job too well. <laughs> I think from a story right, perspective, they say it. yeah, yeah. I think from a story perspective, they could be like, uh, there have been two uh, massive. Uh, traumatic uh, spiritual events uh, on this plane of existence. Therefore, the uh, fabric of reality is a bit weakened. And now we're just seeing ghosts come through without the need of a, a major, you know, uh, 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 yeah, magnet, ghost magnet or whatever, being it Gozer or Vigo or whoever. Like, I think uh, the fabric of reality is a bit weakened now as a result. I think that that would be a great story point. Just be like, yeah, now there's just, you know, Normal, normal ghosts every now and again, and they're not all over the place. Here's a ghost but, that spits nails at you. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, Muncher, uh, Josh Gad, I guess. Uh, Muncher was uh, was great. Um, I like that he prevent he provided a physical danger much more so than a lot of the ghosts we've seen in Ghostbusters because you get caught by that shit and that's hot metal that's burning through you. And, so. and which it's in my mind why I even hate why this is kids because why are kids chasing after this ghost that shoots bullets at them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it was a My kid was capable of understanding this technology and was really good at it. I'm like, yo, no, you're not yeah. doing this shit. <laughs> she seemed mad. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like when he first uh, spits at them and they, they almost, they, they're hiding behind that pipe. She she comes up and she looks pissed. She's like, "Oh, you son of a bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> this ghost you, you this got me and my one friend. I mean, she 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 almost shot the sheriff. So <laughs> you know, I mean, she. Well, she let's got just angry. let's uh, kind of focus it on. So, yay or nay on the old cast coming back for the cameo at the end? Yeah, here for you had to. They all See, look, I, they all look rough. <laughs> yeah, because they're seventy year old men. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I will say this: I'm a, I'm a nay on it. I will admit I'm a nay on it. I felt like it took away the point of having the new team, quote unquote, because you could have eliminated them and still made that movie the same movie. Yeah, like the distinct that was just a distraction, but you could have made some other reason that could have been a distraction and had it. Um, yeah. it was great to see it when I was there. I did pop in the theater for it. But then after it sat with me and they got home, it was like, it was a cheap pop. Like, it, it would have been better off if just they weren't there and Egon's ghost led that team, united them, and brought them to that win. Kind of like, this, in, in that kind of, almost extreme Ghostbusters-esque, where he was like their mentor, the, the new group, and then he fades and leaves, and his new team goes with it. And then, like, you could even have one of them, possibly Winston, because he had the money, show up at the end. <laughs> Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, show up at the end, and maybe even well, or Ray because she did call Ray. Show up at the end, and be realized that Egon was right, and all the stuff that happened, and him having to deal with the fact of like he didn't come and help Egon when he needed, but then giving some resolution to him, and then that could have been a nice bow and, and wrap it up, and him acknowledging them as like the new team without having to say it. I think would have worked fine, but. It was cool seeing them, but I, I, it wasn't needed. It was literally just there to say, "Hey guys, 
Old I team, think, yay! I, I think, think in all these nostalgia sequel bait things that we, it's expected that we're going to have like the older actors in these movies because otherwise, what was the point of even doing it, right? Like in my in my mind, it's like the reason why anybody even cares about this movie is because they have nostalgia for the the past, you yeah. know, two movies or or whatever. So not yeah. having them in it would just be kind of a disservice to the fandom, even though it's cheesy as fuck and 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 pointless as fuck you know not having it it's just like what's the point of doing it if you're not going to have a minute you know yeah, why would did we wait 30 years for this movie to come out if there was no bill murray or you know no well, do we because I'm, i think we i think we waited just to have a good ghostbusters sequel necessarily doesn't mean they had to be in it to make it good like let's be completely honest if 2016 was way better we wouldn't care that they weren't really in it as their people like, yeah. let's just be completely honest. If, it, if 2016 worked, bothered me, it didn't but... need them. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it would have worked, it would have been... Dan a cab driver? The fuck? No. I'm just saying, like, if you, they weren't in it at all, and it just the yeah. story worked, we, like, let's be real, we all know that good stories for IPs that we like, we will accept. So, I don't think... I agree with you, Jason, that, like, yes, they put butts in the seats. Let's call it what it is. Yes. I don't they think it was needed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. think yeah, well, I, agree I agree with you 100. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not needed, but the, the my thing is is it's expected. Yeah, there's right, a right, there, right. there was a there was a lot of I because I had, I brought it up to a couple bar patrons, you know, and they were like, "Oh, are are their first question?" And honestly, sometimes their only question are the original people going to be back? I think that that for a lot of people that is a that is the original creators or the original actors being in it is them signing off on it being a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if they weren't in it, people would be true. like, oh, it's probably going to suck. Definitely in this case. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Well, 2016 has made that true. If they weren't going to be in it, 2016 has put that taste where, like you said, yeah. that's why if you said, no, they're not in it, they're like, oh, fuck that. Like, yeah, never, because... yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, they're not, they're not in it. It's a new story. It's a great story. They're like, yeah, I'm not there for it. it, it immediately. It's almost like it, they'd have to be there. So, plus, I mean, I know they're all showing up for Jason anyway. They're like, come on, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess my next one on that, too, just going to spoiler territory. What did you think about the um, using of Gozer again? And, like, what just that whole thing? Like, because, first of all, yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, The way that they tied it back to Evo Shandor, Evo Shandor was a big player in at least the the history of him was a big player in the video game. They already fleshed him out a little bit more. He was kind of almost a throwaway line in the original when they're in jail Mm -hmm. and they're talking about the selenium girders. No, nobody ever made like made it like that. You know, that that line, um, uh, the goes of worshiper stuff. So I loved that they not only made it understandable that he would have access to that weird shit by having his family own a mining company and they were able to town and yeah he built town to do it like like i love that i also really like how they so this is the second time we see the whole gozer thing happen right so they really kind of like took the we only got to see it once in the first movie with the with the key master and the gatekeeper and this kind of because now we got to see it a second time and from a different angle, we got to see uh, the, almost like the mechanism behind what it takes to get a gozer into this plane of existence and how it's like, oh, that, you know, I mean, we we understood it in the first one, but this one did a really good job of showing it again from a different angle. And I loved it. And I do love 
I absolutely, one of my favorite scenes is watching Gozer become half of a specter or a spirit mm-hmm. or, or a shade because they pulled the gatekeeper or the key master, yeah, the gatekeeper back into a trap. Like it it, it ripped half of her ex- uh, uh, ability to maintain herself on this plane or itself on this plane of existence. Um, Their self. Yeah, the, and I like seeing part of her, her, its essence, like be ripped forcibly from it when they trap the key master. I thought that was very cool. And it was actually kind of, I loved how they, I mean, it's not like hardcore horror, because again, we're still talking about Ghostbusters, but she wasn't, or it wasn't very, I mean, it was kind of scary looking when it was coming through the, the, uh, the mm-hmm. corn field and everything and it you could see like the skeleton and all the the beastly qualities i also like they leaned in on the beast a little bit like uh it uh when she it first shows like it gets up on its uh platform or whatever uh she like uh, it's 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 on its hands and its knees and it like growls at one of its uh like the gatekeeper the key master like it's like uh it, it's just a an animalistic force of evil and i dig it i like it and uh I just I was I was I was there for it. <laughs> I really liked how they fleshed that out. Jason, I mean, your thoughts on uh, Gozer? For me personally, the whole Gozer thing was, I like it, but I kind of don't like it. You know, usually in mm. sequels, you know, you want to step it up to something like kick it up another notch. Maybe like uh, as you were saying, like you know, Gozer has in the comics, Gozer has a brother or whatever Tiamat. named Tiamat. Maybe they, I mean, that they could obviously have to change the name because we just had Tiamat in the internals, but. Maybe it'd be, you know, it's still the Evo Shandor thing would still be there, but maybe a different or even more powerful deity that he figured out later would have been better. Um, and also, like, the fact that the gate- gatekeeper and the key master are the only two adult characters we know in the whole entire movie. Well, it's a lucky. See, well, yeah, after they saved her, her mom from it. But, like, in the in the first Ghostbusters, it was, you know, Louis Tully and, and Dana because they lived yeah, yeah. in the building. Mm-hmm. Like in this right. one is like there's no reason for them to go after Paul Rudd other than the fact that he was the only other adult in here. You know, I understand well, the, well, the, or the fact that he went to Walmart at night randomly yeah. just to get ice cream. Like, yeah, just to get ice cream. Go, go like, there they are. Down. We knew he was gonna be there, you know. Also, I mean, I understand the wink? because is that a nod to wink at the Basket Robbins? <laughs> yeah. Basket Robbins always uh, finds out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I understand the mom being the the the, the, gate, the gatekeeper uh, because you know I I'm assuming the gatekeeper killed Harold Raymond uh, Egon in the beginning of the movie, so like mm-hmm. they have some sort of connection to that place. But you know it's like it could have been anybody, and yet it chose her boyfriend. <laughs> so yeah, I, I yeah. thought that was a little bit like a little bit of a stretch for me. But either way, it still was enjoyable. So like, maybe, maybe there's. Maybe there's something there in that it it once the gatekeeper is established, it it is more uh, susceptible. The keymaster is somebody that's pining after the gatekeeper. Like Paul Rudd wanted to bang the gatekeeper, and Lewis Tully really wanted to bang Sigourney Weaver. So, I mean, that may be true, but you know, he got gatekeeped before or keymaster before she got gatekeeped. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. it went after him first, and maybe. Yeah. Maybe there's some sort of you know paranormal like they knew they want to bang each other, so they pick two people. Right. I don't know, but like yeah. you're in a town full of people full of teenagers, and you don't you pick know, yeah. two of the you, you you got it. You got a pool of people to choose from. Yeah, and <laughs> like, also like when they were in the 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 um 
burger shop looking at the map and the other kids were around them looking at it. I thought they were all going to get into it. I was like, all the did, kids, did like, oh, that would have been cool to see all the kids yeah. of the town. Yeah. You know, that would have been a little bit more acceptable for me than the fact that they were kids. If all the kids in the town, you know, got in on this ghost busting activity, but they didn't. It was a wasted opportunity. Or they probably shot some mm. scenes and they just couldn't do it. They probably but either did. way. It's neither here nor oh, there. Well, shout out to Tully, man. Bangs Dana Angus to bang Janine. So yeah, yeah. shout out to Tully. He, he's the Tully real Fox. MVP of these movies. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Dude, Sex he also scene. had that blonde chick up in and yeah in the the, the, the apartment. apartment. Yeah, and he told he, <laughs> yeah. said, he told her to stay. She was like, "All right, all right. <laughs> Tully fucks. Let's, let's dance." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Shit, Tully, sex machine, baby. Um. <laughs> Let's go into oh any other spoilers like to touch on before we move on. Uh Egon Spengler dies. Yep. <laughs> also, that was uh talk about a shock the first time I saw it. Uh when she calls Ray uh with her one phone call and he's like, Egon Spengler can rot in hell. I was like, Oh <laughs> shit, what do we do? What did he fuck his wife or something? Damn, <laughs> like damn. <laughs> And then he brought it down. He broke it down. He, I love that it, they're talking about the fuel cells and everything. I was like, oh, okay. Right. Also, what a shitty, I mean, like, what a shitty town where they're just like, yeah, we're going to arrest this 12-year-old child. We're going to put him in jail. Joyriding <laughs> in a small like, town. Oh, your one phone call? You better make it quick. We're not calling automatically calling your parents? Like, what the yeah. fuck, dude? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're a bad sheriff, all right? <laughs> or a good sheriff. Depending on how you want to look at it. No, he's not a bad sheriff. No white not be minors. Well, I'm assuming yeah. they called his parents because the parents showed up. So, <laughs> then yeah. what did she need That's... another phone call? Shut the fuck up, child. Stay in your chair. So, <laughs> you don't get a phone call. You're a minor. He you was, have no he, rights. Lenient, lenient, and gave it a phone call. <laughs> it was a bad because he did make a call. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm always going to support white team. dude in New York. <laughs> I'm going to support the team. He was giving them the, the reversal white privilege. He like this is how I get treated. Shut up and sit in this cell. Um, <laughs> <and the other. laughs> All right, uh, let's go into some random questions on afterlife or around afterlife. Um, would you want to see more sequels of this? Fuck yeah. Well, this, okay. this this ends, since we're still in spoiler territory, this ends with the Ecto-1 going across like the Brooklyn Bridge, right? Into New York City again? Going back to New York City. So they what? left us effectively in New York. Oh, well, I would... Let's not do spoilers or questions, but we're already here now because I uh, chopped those up and I got you, I put got them you. out. Don't worry about it. It's over there. Uh, would you have <laughs> preferred if Egon would have gotten with Janine? Yes. yes nah. It would have been. Nah, she was okay. fucked, there was, she fucked Tully after in, in 89. So, yeah. like, it does. <laughs> like, yeah, she was all about him in, in, in 84, but in 89, she was with a whole other dude. So, I don't know. Maybe. They got back together, and Tully's like, "Oh, I'm cool with it. It's fine. We're all friends." You know, he's a bigger man because he's got a fucking horse's fucking cock. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, he, uh, uh, I think they wanted to probably, but it would have been difficult to have Janine back in and then be like, because this person has issues with their parentage. So it's like, yeah, if, if it had, if it had been a scenario where Janine had been the mom, then it would have been like. She spent her life making excuses for Egon because she was too close. She was close enough to know what was going on, or it would have been a complicated thing. So I think that they just optioned to make the mom a non-issue because not interesting because stuff. mothers aren't important. It's a it's a wrinkle that they would have had to draw out a lot. Probably you know, right. Um, 
if we do get a sequel, let's say Oliver, the baby from Ghostbusters 2, is Oscar. in it. Oh, Oscar. Oscar, there you go. Um, <laughs> what trope would you give him to? Because, you know, we always have to give these people tropes when they return. Like, they can't just be well-respected, normalized human beings. Something has to be wrong with them. What trope are you giving him if you bring him back? He's been he would jail. be the spoiled uh, legacy character who's like, I know what I'm doing. I've done this all my life. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I've been busting jail. ghosts before you were even born. <laughs> yeah, y'all, you don't know how to ghost bust. I, I know how to bust ghosts. Ah, and then he dies or something horrible. Yeah. No, yeah, no one can take a possession like infant me. Um, <laughs> doing this for you, baby. <laughs> for you, Jared. Any trope you would like to see him go with? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you uh, continue the idea that Dana did all right in her her being a celloist or whatever uh, cellist, uh, and then she did financially well, then yeah, Oscar could be kind of a uh, a spoiled kid that is troubled and is in and out of jail, and this is his calling. Time out. Uh, can we go back to a little bit of spoiler things? Okay. I mean, Real I did. This is oh, yeah, another yeah. spoiler <laughs> thing. Cut this up. <laughs> If you look 45 closely, minutes long, yeah. yeah. If you look closely at the when the uh Ghostbusters are together again, if you look closely at their hands, Peter Bateman is wearing a wedding ring. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, mm. they're married. Oh, he, I mean, are they? Yeah, who goes and lets another woman shock their husband? Come on, that's fair. facts. <laughs> I never thought Bill would have settled down, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, he was he was flirting with Gozer, <laughs> girl. Oh, yeah. I think he just I wants everybody, something. and just Dana just just like he's like whatever. That's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. this one. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind Oscar being uh, a worthless drunk sellout mm-hmm. because you know a lot of PTSD would be in an infant and almost being possessed, and being around a ghost family, a lot yeah. of PTSD would grow up with. It's like that. Um, Short film of uh, Power Rangers and all of their PTSD from you know being teenagers fighting wars. Yes, yeah. Oscar should be really jacked up in the head because uh, yeah. not a healthy environment. <laughs> that could be like a part of the sequel is the fact that maybe like the possession didn't like go away, right? You know mm-hmm. that maybe yeah. he's been carrying a part of of, of Vigo, Vigo his entire life, and he's like, and finally, like, you be know, awesome. it's twenty twenty two or whatever, it finally comes out and starts manifesting itself and. He starts giving oh, other people headlights. Let's start writing, Jaren. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Give some headlight vibes. Or you can just say the events of this last one awakened that side of him that he was oh, marrying because yeah. it got more power because, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. Like you said, the fabric thing. Through, yeah. <laughs> All hey. right, well. Hey. Let's write it. Let's write it. <laughs> so go ahead and write Jason uh, Reitman. Uh, he'll, uh, yeah. he'll probably take your call immediately. Uh, <laughs> we're both good Jason go names. He'll be like, yeah, like how could he not? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go and jump into a, a name that uh Jaren actually coined. We're gonna call it a nerd nostalgia, and we're gonna talk about Ghostbusters 1984. We are gonna go full spoilers because you have not seen this movie. The joke is literally on you. So to <laughs> summarize this, after the members, oh my god, um, yeah, after the members of a team of scientists lose their cushy positions at a university in New York City, they decide to become Ghostbusters to wage a high-tech battle with the supernatural for money. They stumble upon a getaway, a gateway to another dimension, a doorway that will release evil upon the city. The Ghostbusters must now save New York from complete destruction. Yes, so anybody needed that summary, there you have it, guys. 
Ghostbusters What's OG. The Ghostbuster? <laughs> um, I'm just going to sum up Ghostbusters OG. There is nothing bad or evil I can say about this movie. It is almost a perfect movie in my eyes, except for uh, Ghost giving BJ's. But you know, some things you got to accept in life, and that's what you got to accept. That's what you got to have. That was a dream sequence. Yeah, it was a much bigger scene that got cut down to nothing. And also Winston, it would have been a bigger scene for Winston. And also, Ray has a ghost king. Yeah. Oh, one hundred. What? Well, once again, I, like I said, the only thing that could have been left out of the movie was, was was that part. Like it, it does nothing for nothing. No payoff. It's no reliving of it. No mentioning of it. It's it's nothing for nothing. Uh, And it wasn't even that funny. So yes, uh, once again, that's the only issue I have with this movie. It's pretty much a perfect movie. Um, And the only other thing I think is interesting is that that much uh, marshmallow fluff should have killed that man at the end. (laughs) The end. That is my review of Ghostbusters 84. A perfect movie. Fun, laugh, and horror. So. Funny story about that. They actually were going to do a lot more marsh or because it's like soapy water is what they used. And uh, yeah. Ivan Rankman was like, oh, we need to use 100 pounds of stuff. So they tested it with a uh, stuntman first and knocked the motherfucker out. <laughs> yes, because a feather going at 100 pounds is still 100 pounds of feathers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they did, okay, 100 pounds let's... of bricks is still 100 pounds. Even with bricks, like weight doesn't change but item. Yeah. <laughs> you were thinking a movie they, with they scientists, quote unquote. <laughs> a movie with scientists, quote unquote. Somebody would be like, "Hey, you you do realize the weight's still the same even if it's water, right?" <laughs> but yes, oh go, yeah, go, go that on. was funny story. Funny Jason, story. Go, OG Ghostbusters eighty four. What is your review? Yeah, I watched this. Uh, again with my son on wednesday and yeah this still holds up man this this movie is still like i would i wouldn't go as far as say the perfect movie but it's pretty damn close you know uh bill murray's jokes even though they're a little bit uh creepy because he's kind of a creep but i think the funniest thing about this is that people recognize that he is a creep like it's not like he's just saying like and he just just keeps talking and they're just like what the fuck dude (laughs) and the reason like you don't get a reaction out of people is because he just balls over him he just keeps going with it just keeps doubling down and uh it's it's really really funny like their interplay together between ray egon and peter is just it's just so on point it's just so natural it's it is it is great uh, one of my downsides is like they don't really catch too many ghosts in this movie the month they catch slimer and then they have a montage of them running out with ghosts being caught, but you never see them actually catch any ghosts, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Except for Slimer. That's the only ghost they catch. And then he gets uh, out. And then also my last point of, of deduction is that Winston doesn't show up until, you know, half of the movie is over. You know, he has barely like five lines in this whole entire movie. But when he does speak, he is very like he. You know, he steals the scene, basically. You know, next if someone asks you a god, next time you say yes. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I Which, see shit, I'll make you turn white. Like, you know, <laughs> he's but most of the time he's just in the background, and you know, but it's the 80s, you know, black people didn't exist back then, so of course. Facts. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, and also too, like I mean, before besides my jokes, it's supposed to be in a perfect film. I mean, if you want a time capsule of New York in the 80s. This is it. But also, too, yeah. it is a very time capsule of the economic situation going on in the 80s as well. 
trickle down yes. effect is in heavy mode. Small business ownership is supposed to be on the rise because now everybody in America can make a way if you start a small business and you do well and blah blah blah. Like this movie really technically is just about people starting a small business and how difficult it is to keep and fund a small business with all the economic woes that go on around them that they have to kind of battle through because big corporations are still big corporations. But that's another that's the one for another RT review that we'll have. I do but hate Jerry, the, yeah. the main villain is the EPA, who's just like, yo, we're just trying to make sure y'all not killing people. Over right, this. right. <laughs> because back then, no, no, know what the villain was in the 80s from regulation. Exactly. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> go ahead. Sarah, if you're giving your, your neighbors cancer, as long as you're catching ghosts and making them <laughs> right, right. <laughs> contributing to society through good hard work. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Well, yeah, this my my kid thoroughly enjoyed this. I was worried that he would be like not having it, but he laughed at this whole entire thing. I laughed at this whole entire thing. Yeah. It's it's great. It stands up to the day to this day. It's it's a good timeless movie. So mm-hmm. yeah. Jerry, your thoughts? Ghostbusters '84. Ghostbusters, yeah. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, no yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> weird. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, problematic. Uh, you know, we're getting to a point in society where we're starting to call out some some silliness, and uh, I mean, starting to. Uh, and yeah, there's some there's some problematic uh, qualities to uh, Bankman's character. Uh, why does he have 300 cc's of an antipsychotic on a date? I don't know, but uh, <laughs> he definitely injected her with that Thorazine. So, <laughs> where did he get it from? Where did he get them? I really hope she had it, and he just kind of went through her, her medicine cabinet. But Why I would a cellos have Thorazine? They didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a hard knock life being a celloist in New York, bro. I know, right? <laughs> Coming for that seat. Coming for and that lead. How seat. is a celloist able to afford a penthouse corner apartment in West, in the Upper East Side, or the or the West End, or wherever upper, they live? Yeah. Like that's a million dollar apartment, and she's a cellist. Eighty four low jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she was like part of the big, the big what Phil. They Hyde. don't get paid shit. Oh, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't assume. know either. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I assume that you, if you're good, you think at the, the fucking you get to a point. Even the best fucking band in the fucking world, orchestra in the world, getting everybody's getting paid a million dollars a year. Maybe Momo Ya. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, uh, great movie. Uh, the beats are wonderful. Uh, the pacing's great. Um, Harold Ramis wrangling in Dan Aykroyd's semi-psychotic original script. Really, <laughs> semi-psychotic. Really, yeah, that I shit mean, was batshit insane. Batshit insane. He, they were the Ecto One was all black and purple. They were uh, traveling through space and time, jumping through yeah space time and and dimensions. And shit like that. They looked futury, kind of. I don't know. It was uh, Ivan Reitman and and Harold Ramis really, really made. The, they're like, how about we do it in a place we know, like Earth? I'm just saying. Let's see how it works. We'll, we'll try it out real quick. See how it feels. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, God, what a what a what a brilliant uh, and and storied movie. Just uh, so many things had to go right for this to be what it is and i i am so glad that it did yeah because uh the one thing that had to go right is that the former head of what was it paramount went to universal and had yep. the rights to uh the late the name ghostbusters and was allowed to let them use it and to release it yeah 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 
yeah. Yeah. So many things. I've watched, I've watched, I think, every behind the scenes thing where they talk about how how close this movie was to just not happening, like how they started shooting without a full script because they had to meet a certain release date. And they were like, well, if we don't start now, how they didn't it. even know if Bill Murray was going to even be there. Or not. Didn't know. Cause he so, was yeah, like, yeah. And didn't shooting. like talk to him until the first day of shooting. And there he is. <laughs> he, was, he was in, he was in France. <laughs> and they were like, uh, he was in France yesterday. I don't know if he's going to be here. <laughs> and then he just pops up. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I mean, this, this movie is the quintessential lightning in a bottle movie. Yes. For yes, sure. Exactly. For sure, for sure. Um, besides all that, I mean, I think it's just something to be said about you have a cool gun, some characters that you wouldn't mind hanging out with that are quirky but in interesting. But, like, this is one of the first movies that science is cool. But not science is cool in the sense, like, weird science where they made a woman. Because it's like, oh, it's still perverted, geeky nerds. It was like, Oh, this is science. It's cool. Like, Ray smoked cigars and drank beer. Like and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Egon was kind of a weirdo, <laughs> but it still was like, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, I can't talk to girls. Or I'm just like, no, it just, he was just focused about his science and his work. Like, even Peter, for like being, quote unquote, the joke scientist, he still was like smarter than the average Joe Blow walking down the street. Well, he, you had, know, he it, had multiple PhDs in psychology and parapsychology. No, no, as I'm saying, like, I mean, it's just like <laughs> the point I'm getting to is that. This is the first time on screen that I saw like, oh, scientists can be just normal people without like weird quirks that make them non, not, not unable to be uh, acclimated to society. Right. And yeah. so you bring in also you bring in Winston, who is the everyday man that we always talk about. Him joining this group of characters actually grounds them even more because he's not freaked out by their behavior. He's not even they don't they don't make him do the whole fish out of water thing. Like, why are these guys this way? Like, he just goes into it like, oh yeah, take these he traps. Just so I'll show you how to do it. And he's like, all right, cool. Like he jumps, he literally just jumps right on in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and it just integrates with them so easily. Like it's, it's right, insane. right. Because you made normal people yeah. that were just scientists. And so, like, people I, I think for me, that's what Ghostbusters really opened up for me. Was like, oh, you could just be a dope, smart ass person and still be dope. Because it wasn't these weird, quirky, yes, Vakeman was a real creep, but also you got to think that Vakeman's a creep in the eyes of Dana, too, because, you know, yeah. Dana's like this prestigious celloist, and like, she's probably he's paid a million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hanging out with prim and proper people all day to see this schlub come in and yeah. be like, you know, oh, they hate it when you do this. Like, <laughs> she knows this bullshit. She's like, dude, you, <laughs> yeah. how are you doing this examination and trying to pick me up? Like, yeah. that's why I made him a creep, because she she felt it early on, like, dude, you're trying to pick me up and I need help because my refrigerator had a portal to another world that tried to kill me. Like, I don't need this right now. Like, guy, do your what? job because, you know. No kidding. So, but, so his creepiness is only offset by the fact that, like, the person that is, he's supposed to be helping, like, has a traumatic experience and he's like, oh, what about dinner? Ha ha. No. Like. <laughs> you're not helping. Right. I mean, in the normal too. situation, if he was just on the streets and saw a woman and started talking to him, and like it's a normal exchange, but because of the situation, it's very creepy because you're like, dude, like focus yeah. on the shit at hand. Like, stop worrying about me. But anyway, but like I said, Ghostbusters, I think that's what for me it means that in a, a echelon because again, it was the first time I got to see these tropish archetype characters but be normal human beings. And that's something to be said, because if you look through all the 80s and 70s of sciences, they're always like, 
big old glasses, uh, Coke bottles. Right. How come scientists can't see? Is that like a thing? Like all scientists <laughs> yeah, just fucking can't see. looking at, uh, you know, slides and microscopes. Your your eyes are going to get, you know, bad yeah. after looking no, at No, I'm just saying in general, it's TV. You can make TV anything. But all of them have the biggest glasses, and they either talk with lisp or, like, hunched over. And it's that's just how you, That's how you know they're a scientist. <laughs> right, right. Because you have to be smart because you, yeah. you know what? You can be attractive and funny and cool and be smart, which is weird because mostly every smart person is funny and cool. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. But okay. Uh, another so, another yeah. thing that I really liked about it too was, I mean, I, I watched this as a kid, right? And, uh, uh, you know, things that, that went bump in the night and things like that still had an impact on me. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't wetting the bed or anything, but I... I was the darkness still, you know, still presented a bit of a, a problem for me. And this was a movie that depicted people that stared into the darkness and approached it with a scientific mind and bravery. And they were able to overcome all that. The scary bit, they took something that they, they wanted to make legitimately kind of scary and they made it like, we can overcome this if we think it through. And I think that's something that's always resonated with me. It's something that I think of, I, I put people of a higher intelligence kind of, you know, uh, at a level of esteem for myself because that that idea of we can conquer all of our problems by thinking it through is something that's always sat with me, I guess. And that I think Ghostbusters was the first time that kind of crystallized in my in my tiny impressionable brain. And also going back to what Jason said, that they're also just regular dudes. And if you think about it, like the heroes of the 80s, like you have Conan the Barbarian. Conan the Barbarian. You have Arnold Schwarzenegger. You have mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone. You have all these muscle-bound action dudes who were the heroes of the 80s. And then you have these schlubby guys the Cobra who are actually guy. going out here and saving the world. And like that's that's <laughs> really cool to see. It's like these are just normal dudes who use their brains, a little bit of their t- ingenuity, and a whole lot of sarcasm to get the day to the job done. <laughs> Suck in the guts, guys. We're the Ghostbusters. Yeah, we're Ghostbusters. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have some questions in and around Ghostbusters 84. Um, first question Would you guys make love to Gozer? It depends on what her bottom is like. <laughs> if, she she has, if she has a vagina, then yes. If she has a penis, then probably not. <laughs> so it's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Jaron ruling on this. You listen, uh, uh, that that's that's how you catch something. So no, <laughs> I, I, I don't want no interdimensional herpesifilates. No, no thanks. Well, but also Man. here's also the cool thing about Gozer is that she can change to whatever you want in your mind. So that's true. true. That stay plus is about to get that plucky crystalless thing. So mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean it adds a new ring to Buster. Makes me feel good. <laughs> um, <laughs> truer words have never been something. if someone asks you if you're a god what do you say yes fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> look as Winston as my as my uh, uh, POV character being Winston because of me saying the same demographics he was absolutely right when someone asks you or if you are a god or not you say yes <laughs> okay <laughs> That's something my grandmother and, told me. <laughs> That's something my parents told me. Right, right. Here's <laughs> a good one for you. If if a thought of yours would have manifest, a la Stay Puff, what would have manifest for you? Oh, oh wow. wow. 
Clear your if mind. I, see, my my see, unlike Jaron, I was an absolute coward as a child. So uh <laughs> if so someone was like, Oh, don't think of something scary, the my first it would probably be fucking Chucky from fucking child's play walking down there, mm. fucking giant ass Chucky. And I'm like, I'm not helpful in the situation, guys. I'm completely yeah. terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how in the first movie it wasn't J. Edgar Hoover, because you say that and then everybody yeah, he said it like J. Edgar Hoover, but <laughs> uh, uh god if i was trying to clear my mind and the first thing that popped in I don't, man, yeah yeah i'd be like yeah i don't know like an attractive young woman or like a, a my little pony cartoon or something. japanese school girl yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. this would have been a, a huge yeah. waist with uh no underwear underneath it with a <laughs> yeah. school girl dress and everybody like oh we're not touching this it's really pain. problematic <laughs> right right <laughs> Like we're just gonna leave. We're just gonna let it stay. <laughs> there, 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 there would have been an avatar on the loose. It would have been Ang, and he would have been fucking shit up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that ends our discussion about Ghostbusters one or nineteen eighty four. Let's go ahead and jump into the next segment of nerd nostalgia. We're going to talk about Ghostbusters two. This <laughs> is going to be a very uh, fun, fun, fun debate. So, as we give you the summary here for Ghostbusters two. After saving New York City from a ghost attack, the Ghostbusters, a team of spirit exterminators, is disbanded for demolishing parts of the city during the battle. But when the Ghostbusters, Peter Vakeman, learns that spirits have taken an interest in his son, oh wow, they really rewrote this Whoa. now, and Dana's son, uh, the men launch a rogue ghost chasing mission. The she was married. Goes awry, yeah, not the goes awry. Again, I just corrected that. Can we get can yeah. we get through the summary first here? <laughs> and then quick goes wrong, landing them in court. But when the ghosts turn on the judge, he issues an order allowing the Ghostbusters to get back to work. All right, so that is the summary here. So that makes me think: Is there something written in the original script that probably would have linked Oscar to Bateman? But yeah. besides that, um, I'll jump off first on Ghostbusters two. I will say this: Ghostbusters two. When I first saw it as a kid. I absolutely loved it. I thought the the scares and the horror on it is way higher than Ghostbusters 1. Uh, I think the laughs and the comedy lands a little flat in Ghostbusters 2. Like, I didn't laugh as much when I was a kid. It wasn't until I got older that I felt like I started feeling like Ghostbusters 2 wasn't a good movie. And when I say it wasn't a good movie, it's because I literally would watch it. Typically, like most of us, Ghostbusters 1 would come on TV, and Ghostbusters 2 would come on TV right after it. And watching it now where I had to split them, like I didn't watch them back to back. I just watched them whenever. Ghostbusters 2, is, it, it holds up very, very well. I think it's just a bad movie because one is so, so good. And then you watch two right after it, it feels like it loses something. Like, I, I don't know. It I feel Ghostbusters 2 feels like a well-produced made movie. Well, Ghostbusters 1 feels more like freelance. And I think that's what it comes across in Ghostbusters 1 more hardy ghostbusters 2 comes across more heady and i think that's the disconnect because like we talked about it ghostbusters 1 is lightning in a bottle ghostbusters 2 is what typically ghostbusters 1 should have been if lightning in a bottle didn't strike like but i think we judge ghostbusters 2 so harshly because one is so amazing it's a lot to like in this movie the big bad is way better in this movie than i mean than gozer um the whole imagery that they have in this movie. I mean, homeboy 
doing the cradle to go get Oscar. That's just terrifying as hell. Terrifying. Like, like you said, the headlights, the headlight yeah. eyes, terrifying as hell. Like it yeah. is so many great horror moments in this movie that is extraordinary. I think also I think part of it is that the comedy doesn't hit as hard and land as clean in this one as it did with one. And I'll probably chalk that up to, I think one, Bill Murray improvised a lot more than he did in two. I think two, they probably had him in some kind of a little more smaller box and had him had to work out of that, which I think that's where some of it falls a little flat. Still, I think my funnest line in part two is um, when they're at Vakeman's house, Dana and Oscar, and he's like, oh, you know, she's like, oh, let me do it. And he's like, oh, yeah. She's like, oh, you want to put him down? Go, yeah, I would love to put him down. Oh, in short, you know, and I'm like, that's such a great joke. It's such a good joke. Terrible burden on your mother. Yes, yes, it's such a good joke. And I'm like, (laughs) but like, I feel like that joke is what's missing in the rest of the movie. Like, it doesn't, that that joke felt almost natural. Like, that's something Peter Bakeman would do. A lot of the jokes in there felt more like, this is something we're writing. Do, Ray, me, Egon, great line, but Egon wouldn't say that. But he probably would say that, that though. He, he, yeah. Well, he said it, he so he does say it. Yeah, he, do, he said it, so he does. And he say smiled it, too. It's like, hmm? yeah, he yeah, knows yeah, he's like, yeah, like, a joke. <laughs> like, but that's the point. Like, I don't think Egon makes that kind of joke. Yeah. Like, and, and, and it can just be my personal preference, but that's what I think. What two suffers from, and I hate Shane because we're talking about reviewing two. It, it's just two is a really strong movie that I think doesn't get enough credit for being that because. One is like we say, my review of one literally is it's a perfect movie, except one thing. Like, yeah, you, 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 like it's like doing Terminator and then you do Terminator 3. Terminator 3 isn't a terrible movie, but going after one and two, it's a terrible movie. Like, it, it just it can't live up. Yeah. It's nothing you can do about that. So I, I like Ghostbusters 2 a lot more watching and rewatching it than I think I've ever did in the last 20 years. And if you would ask me. Probably two days from now, and be like, "Oh, what do you think about Ghostbusters 2? And I'd be like, "Ugh, yuck." <laughs> now, if you ask me what you think about Ghostbusters 2, I'm gonna be like, "It's a good movie, man. It's it's a really you're good start, movie." That just, I think it's undervalued. Completely full circle. You're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. And now you're like, "All right, again." Yeah, yeah, it's a good yeah. movie, man. Um, Jason, your thoughts on Ghostbusters 2? Two words, Bobby Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Now no. I guess we're going <laughs> in 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 my mind, and maybe other people might think this as well. But for me, one of the most iconic scenes of the Ghostbusters franchise is when they fight the Scarelli brothers in the courthouse. Like that to me is like that's Ghostbusters right there to me, mm-hmm. right? Um, they need you, more of that. They they do need more. The, the the thing I like about this movie is they do actually. Do a lot of ghost busting. They have that montage after they're back to uh to actually show them actually ghost busting. They actually show ghosts and they actually bust them <laughs> to the uh and it, it, it shows them being, being flexible with their tech when the, the ghost is levitating all the crystal and they set yeah. up like four traps on tripods yeah, and, and they're them together. Yeah. Yeah, and they're linking them together and they're doing all sorts of things that you know, sometimes they're just sitting out there waiting for the ghost to pass with their jogger ghosts and just yeah. hitting the trap and he just runs right in the trap. Um I love the line "Do Re Egon." <laughs> For me, since I was a second grader, when seeing that, I always, I've always loved that line. It's so dumb, <laughs> but it's it, it's always resonated with me. 
Uh, Winston gets to do a lot more in this movie. Not as much as the rest, but still a lot more. He's still like kind of not in it until like the second half of the movie, but still he gets a lot more uh, moments to shine in this one. Um, Yeah, it's as Jason said, like a lot of people like hate on this movie, but it I just watched this on Friday and it's it's just like the first. It still holds up. It's more of the of the stuff that you liked. It's a little bit scarier in my opinion. Like those visuals, oh man, especially when Ray turns into fucking uh or where, where Vigo possesses Ray and, and his face is all fucked up. That was scary, but then it was like afterwards they they hose him down and he's hugging everybody. You know, it's like, oh, all we need is a little bit of positivity, and that will that will save the day. <laughs> this this is it's a good movie. It's a good movie, and I think the reason why that it's not as funny as the original one is because a lot of the dialogue, the stuff that Pete Bateman was saying, was written for Eddie Murphy, and now I bet mm. they've written this one for Bill Murray, and so mm. it's more Bill Murray style rather than Eddie Murphy's style, and they maybe it's a little bit more drier than what the original was. Well, yeah, so I mean, maybe also, that's just a theory for me. Yeah, uh, maybe you, you let Bill Murray in the first one kind of go. the The character isn't defined yet, so you you kind of let him do his thing, and he, you know, he sticks to the script a bit, and he rips a bit. But that that when they start the production on the second one, Bill Murray's character Pete Bankman is now an established character. So now they have rules essentially that yeah, the, he and also the fact that wouldn't. you know this movie was also after. So they did the first movie and then they did the cartoon series and then they did this movie and they know that this movie has to capture the child fan base, you know, that they want. So it has to tone down some of the more sexually explicit jokes that that Peter Bateman would say a little bit, you know. Yeah. He didn't <laughs> didn't have, you know, Thorazine to date rape his, his did date not have rape. any date rape drugs on this time. <laughs> but Tully was still fucking in that movie. Holy fucks. Hundred percent. They had to. They included more Slimer, which you know, being a fan of the cartoon, I always enjoyed seeing. I was like, "Oh, Slimer, yay!" He got bigger, which I liked. Yeah, so gluttonous spirit. So, but yeah, like the reason why there was not a third movie after this has always baffled me. It's baffled me because you know I've always wanted a a sequel to this movie, but you know we know the reason why there wasn't ever a sequel because Bill Murray just didn't want to do another one. He just was not interested in it. Yeah, he said the script didn't never, never. Yeah. Ended. So, but it was always a disappointment that there's nothing following this. So, but I, I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it. I loved it. Watched yeah, it again on Thursday, on Friday, and it was great still. Yeah. My baby mom was like, <laughs> why are you laughing so hard? I'm like, because it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get to you, Jaren, we'll take a quick ad break here. Ad break. All right. Jaren, go ahead and tell us your thoughts on Ghostbusters 2. It is, uh, there are worse movies out there, like a lot of worse movies. There's a worse sequels out there, like a lot of worse sequels. Um, this, it, it felt, uh, the same reason for the same reason of certain sequels, this felt too samey. They didn't need to walk the uh, Statue of Liberty down the road to be the, uh, you know, equivalent of the Stay Puft. Like they didn't need a giant thing at the end to, you know, make it feel like it was a ghostbusters thing uh the same thing 2016 did it too uh they they did the big uh the big you know ghost thing that they shot in the dick like that doesn't make a go that that means you're missing the point of what a ghostbusters movie is there doesn't have to be a giant thing that they face for it to be a ghostbusters game or movie or you know what i'm saying or story 
which I think was evident in Afterlife. I thought that was great. Um, that being said, uh, best montage of the two. Uh, great song. Um, I love Ecto One A. It is my favorite Ecto One. <laughs> it's I'm more sad. detailed and shinier and stuff. I am so sad that that one didn't end up in the uh, in the uh, farmhouse uh, in the. <laughs> In, in, in Afterlife, uh, with all the yellow and green and orange lights on it and shit. I thought that was wild. Uh, and definitely could tip over. I swear to God, that thing got up on two wheels in that one, one of those turn sequences in the montage. Um, uh, yeah, no, I uh, I like that Winston had more to do. Uh, I think my favorite line from it is when they're in the courtroom and uh, the prosecutor's like, can you tell me why you and your uh, partners decided to take it upon yourself to dig a very large hole in first avenue and he just looks at her and he goes well ma'am there's there's so many holes in first avenue we really didn't think anyone would notice <laughs> dude and being like speaking the, the whole crowd prior scene when they're digging the hole and he keeps and they just keep like fucking putting on their best new york and accent like i got you know yeah. 10 down wires a cable i gotta pull it's, uh i like yeah. that part but anyway, no. Why, no that's great yeah um uh no it's a it, it's a good movie and it did it i, I think i had the same kind of uh seismograph is uh, of liking it versus disliking it as jason uh obviously i loved it as a kid because ghostbusters then uh i started to be a little more critically minded about movies especially movies that i knew that i enjoyed and uh i kind of cooled off on it a bit and and i guess maybe now i'm just it's been around so long it's it's from such a, a long time ago and it, it it's it's kind of come back around for me um of the two obviously one is still the best uh but it is uh it's 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 I have a much fonder recollection and watching it again, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would uh, recently. So, yeah. All right. Now, what we're going to do, usually we do the segment about questions and I was going to do this, but I said, no, no, I'm going to change the segment for us and we're going to make this segment make a case because Jason, the Duke of All Nerds, has come out and he's proclaimed that Ghostbusters 2 it's, it's a better movie than <laughs> Ghostbusters 1. So yep. we are going to sit here and he's going to give us his reasons. He's going to make a case for Ghostbusters 2 over Ghostbusters 1. The floor is yours, Duke of All Nerds. Two words, Bobby. As I stated, that courtroom scene is... To me, by far the most iconic scene of of Ghostbusters. They are Ghostbusters, Scarelli brothers. It's the fucking effects in that are great. You know, the it's practical. Like it's just awesome. It's an awesome scene. Um, number two, it's uh, a little bit scary. It's a little bit it's scarier. You know, the the light eyes, fucking scary. The 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 fucking stretchy yeah, nanny yeah. arm, fucking yeah. scary. The and fucking the, weasel uh, coat, fucking the scary. The minks, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fucking Vigo Carpathian, he's fucking scary, dude. <laughs> like, he's and he's also a active role as a villain in the whole entire movie, right? You know, Gozer wasn't a villain until the until she showed up at the last, you know, second of the yeah. movie, and then it's like, oh, he turns into the big thing, and she we'll had shit to do. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, other shit to do. Well, Vigo was stuck in a painting; he didn't have other shit to do. Yeah, all right, but 
for me it's just it just works better it's just paced better it's just it's a it's maybe not as funny but it's just a better story it's like evil dead and evil dead 2 like evil mm. dead is like the prototype and it's still very 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 good in that sort of way but like evil dead 2 they basically just did evil dead again but a little bit better and they actually like refine the tone and make it funnier yeah Army well this one great. you know it's like they just did the same shit over again but they refined it a little bit to make it just a little bit better, in my opinion. So I mean, I like Ghost the, Train, Heads on Pike, the Ghost Train, scary all that shit, yeah, and, and the fucking heads, and ah, uh, it's just like they do so much more in this movie. Like it's like they actually go out and actually do their jobs. Rather in the first one, you have Slimer in the in the in the uh, in the hotel, which mm-hmm. is a great scene. Don't get me wrong, great sequence actually. That you have the montage where the, you only see them just running out of you know places in New York, and then the sex blowjob scene, and then you have the end, <laughs> and it's it's basically it. Oh uh, well, I... there's the, the the whole thing with the blowing up of the, t- the shit with that, but you only see like two ghosts, and and even though you say that you know the, the exact same montage happened in the in the in the second one, you know you have the Titanic coming back. It's like they're, they're calling. They have the Titanic coming back in. You know, <laughs> yeah. you have the fucking giant monster at, at Union Square Park or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like it's just it's just like the first one, but more. And that's what I like about it. It's like more mm-hmm. stuff is happening that actually makes you feel like you're a part of this world. Like you know, like they have shit to do. You know, and that's that's it's a great. Um, it does do the thing that I hate is which it has a child in the sequel. That's like one of those tropes that you have a sequel you got to put a, a kid in it whether it's you know indiana jones 5 or or the mummy 2 or whatever if you can't have a sequel without a kid but like Ilias is a baby so it was just more of a prop than a character so <laughs> <laughs> but okay. it's a damn I like the phrase. <laughs> let's go ahead and take the puppy away <laughs> yeah, dude, that was funny as well. <laughs> like, he's torturing these people. It's not it's just, like I watched them both in the last week, and it's just like I still like the second one better. It's just a much superior movie, even though there's a lot of you know things wrong with it. But it's just a superior movie, in my opinion. You're wrong, Jaron. Any rebuttal? Uh, yeah, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh you put Gozer up against Vigo, Gozer's winning hands down best. Well, one's a god, the other one's a Carpathian. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if if Vankman had just been allowed to to paint the kitten next to the castle, I think Vigo would have been fine. He would have been a little puppy dog. He was just suffering from Carpathian kitten loss. It was clear. Uh he's he's got a PhD in psychology. He knows. Um <laughs> Good uh, yeah, the uh, uh it's they it's too much of a carbon copy. Uh, Ghostbusters one had the getting the band together and getting the business off, off to the, off, you know, started and Ghostbusters two knocks them back down to ground zero so that they can get their business back up again and do the same fucking thing. Uh, you have the, the, the giant thing at the end. It's, it's unnecessary to copy it, carbon copy it. Yes. Do they do more ghost busting? Yes. I will agree with you there. And I do and like I win. I'm dead. I over. do like to see them do their job because their job is one of the most interesting aspects of it. Um, uh, so, yeah, which is why I think uh, the cartoon was so popular because they were constantly on the job in the cartoon, you know, uh, yeah, like they were always. Like, oh, yeah, we're just take this day off. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they were always busting. like it was it was it was a constant. It became a, a freak of the week type thing where they were just coming up with a ghost. 
so they could have him go after. Um, uh, yeah, no, I uh, if it wasn't if it wasn't such a carbon copy and they had gone in a different direction with it and Bill Murray didn't look half as bored as he did throughout the second one, then yeah, no, I would have said that. <laughs> but, but none of those things are true. And uh, it was a carbon copy. And uh, yeah, it was more, but only for the sake of just being more. They stacked more shit on top of the Ecto-1. Still better Ecto-1. Loved it. But I mean, you know, it was just it was just more. Uh, making it, my case uh, for me. It's just more. That's exactly it, what I'm saying. It's more. It's just more. It's more of the it, things it, you love. It deserved It's like better. you got one scoop of ice cream in the first one. Mm. And the second one, they gave you three scoops. And you're like, great. <laughs> and the first one, know. you got Where half you a know. steak. And you're like, this steak's delicious. And the second one, you got the whole <laughs> steak. No, the first well, one for you me, got a filet and it was a it was an eight ounce, and the second one they gave you a, a New York strip and it was they a gave you a ribeye, yeah. which is way better than the filet. Yeah, they gave you less. They gave you a less quality <laughs> meat. More they gave it. you a better steak and more of they get you got an eight they ounce filet in the first one, and the second one you got a sixteen ounce ribeye, which is delicious, which is one I would take. You want a well, fatty? For me, I just <laughs> I just hope one day they uh, Teen Titans go Ghostbusters, and then I'll have the the dream of my life. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's about time for them to do another cartoon. Honestly, series. honestly, yeah, I would love for them to do a CG version. Like, and and honestly, they, you know, that would be. Dude, if they could do really if if Riot Studios or Riot Games could do a Ghost guys that did Arcane, show, yes, please, that would be amazing. And I would. And Rory doesn't mind sitting in a fucking booth and getting paid. So I mean, he could come back as Bank- as Bankman every now and again. <laughs> All right. Give Let's go to jump into the last segment we have for Nerd Nostalgia. We're going to talk about Ghostbusters 2016. Ain't no, bitch, ain't no bitches busting no ghosts, which is the best joke in that whole movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about 2016 and I'm going to jump into this kind of similar like I did with Ghostbusters 2. Saw 2016 with my daughter in the theaters. She loved it. I Thought it was the most abomination thing that I could have seen. It just things don't make sense. It feels like a baby. It just felt like a bunch of scripts, like skits put into one movie. And so some of the things that bothered me that didn't make sense. And this early on, like she gets fired from her job because she posts a video on YouTube, but the video they post on YouTube doesn't even show the ghost that could have proved they, that it was a ghost. There, they videotape the ghost. <laughs> yeah. Like, why? Like, it, these are the things I'm watching as I'm watching this movie, and it's like, why is everybody in this movie a scientist and a comedian? Like, everybody, even from the cops that show up, they have jokes. Like, so you literally took the best thing about, let's be real, the best thing about the first two Ghostbusters is New York City. Like, I know we want to talk about everything else. The best thing about the first two in New York City because it feels like New York City. Mm-hmm. You look took the best things about the first two which is the easiest thing that you can replicate in 2016 is New York City, and you decide to make it SNL. That's basically what you made. You made New York City a version of what New York City is in SNL, not real New York City. So I hated it. But then I watched it again one time with my family. We watched it because my youngest daughter wanted to see it, and because she got fed, you know, The Lying Fruit, that is an awesome movie by my oldest daughter. We watched it again. And it made me even madder. And I'm like, oh, this is so terrible. Why did they do this? And then, lo and behold, I ended up watching it on TV one day because it was on. And somehow, I don't know if it's because TBS and has commercials, but I softened. And I started seeing some of the brilliance that's in this movie 
that I didn't notice before. And then I had to watch it again here. And then I'm like, oh, man. You're suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe, I, I, and I realized what it is, I missed the boat on what this movie was supposed to be. And once you realize what this movie is supposed to be, the movie isn't is god awful what it is this it's movie supposed realized... to be bridesmaids too <laughs> no, no, no 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 i know Thank, uh, I'm, I'm reclaiming my time here jared because <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to a point here you're fucking up my point here mm-hmm. this movie is not supposed to be our ghostbusters it's supposed to be a ghostbusters for a new age that are internet savvy tech savvy because they can get off the internet and our comedy now is not is, is what this movie is. Our comedy now is very quote unquote intellectual comedy because everything's become so PC and sanitized. This is this movie, and then some of the elements of the horror in this movie they don't stand out as much because we've kind of seen it all. It's nothing really terrifying at most things we can watch in movies. Hell, even most horror movies can't terrify us now. So it's but that's why when I looked at my daughters and how much they love this. They loved it because all the whimsical wonder, the the gadgetry, the ghosts, all the stuff that we talked about, all the other Ghostbusters, they're seeing it through the eyes of their reality. This movie wasn't for us. And that's what I realized. Like Once I started to realize it wasn't for us, I go, this movie, it, it works in the sense of this is what the age of comedy is. And this is what the, it's no such thing as movie wonder anymore for our age. And if you look at it through the eyes of a someone lot younger than us, the movie works, man. It, it has all the tenements that we talked about and all the other Ghostbusters. It has it. It has heart. It has comedy. It has the horror. It just is not what we wanted. It's not what we oh. like. <laughs> no, I mean, it's funny. It's a funny movie. Like, you take away the fact, if this wasn't Ghostbusters, the jokes land. It's just that when I hear it as in the guise of Ghostbusters, I'm like, why, why are we arguing with this FBI agent? Like, why, why is this funny? Like, but if you listen to what they say, it actually is funny. But that's the point I'm getting at. It, it, It's not for us. It's like listening to somebody's music and being like, why do you listen to this trash? This mumble rap. Because it ain't for us. We ain't, we ain't the generation grew up on it. So looking at it through that, guys, I'm like, it's not that bad of a movie. And a lot of stuff when it does land. The gadgetry lands. The science lands. The... Once to get past the whole dancing thing, I have no idea what that was about. But again, movie ain't for me. The battling of the ghosts in town in Times Square is fucking phenomenal. It feels funny. It feels great. It's not spooky that as much spooky as we want it. But again, this New York City isn't our New York City. These Ghostbusters aren't our Ghostbusters. Hell, the original Ghostbusters in this movie aren't our Ghostbusters. So that lets us know that this is not us. It is another universe for them. And through that, guys, I'm like, it isn't that bad. And I do think some of the heat became because it was women. I do think some of the heat came because what I'm just talking about, we wanted it to be our shit. And it wasn't our shit. And how dare they make a Ghostbusters movie because it's us and it not be our shit. And we railed on it. But if you watch it and realize that it ain't for you, it ain't for us, it's actually to targeting a new base to bring them into Ghostbusters, it works in that regard. My kids love that movie. I don't know why. I think it's, it's suspect, but they love it because all the stuff that we just talked about in three other reviews, they got in that movie. So I trust that I am now officially going to say that Ghostbusters 2016 is not a bad movie. It's just an average movie. And for us, that is shameful because it's Ghostbusters. 
Jason, you can have the floor, and then Jared will finish with his <laughs> you want, sweet under eight. You giving up your time? You giving up your time, you your time Jason? Yeah, I'm getting, my time is done. Yes. <laughs> um, I agree with a lot of points you make, man. I I think you are absolutely correct in that assessment that it is not a movie that is made for our our specific demographic or for our age group. I think it, honestly, yeah, you're right. If you never watched a Ghostbusters movie beforehand, you would probably enjoy this because you don't have any expectations of what Ghostbusters should be about. Mm-hmm. Um, for me. That'll work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say, you know, Leslie Jones, uh, Ken, uh, uh, Caitlin Mc, or Kate McKinnon, Kinnon, uh, fucking uh, what's the ladies? Melissa all the McCarthy other ladies, Melissa um, McCarthy, and I love all I love all of them. Uh, I'm one of those people who who likes their stuff. Who I liked, you know, Bridesmaids. I like everything Melissa McCarthy's in. She's usually usually except for that one superhero movie she did. That's that was terrible. But yeah, yeah. usually she's really good. She's a really like thoughtful actress, and she can be funny as well. I like her stuff. I like their stuff. This ain't it. <laughs> this ain't <laughs> it for me. All right. I, I think one of the the things was is that the original Ghostbusters, and this is probably why it's not it for me because I'm, I am I I can't help but compare the two. The original Ghostbusters seemed like a more grounded experience than this one was this one was more outlandish than the original ghostbusters even though the mm-hmm. ghostbusters is outlandish thing it's fucking dudes ghost busting ghosts it's outlandish mm-hmm. this one took it to a level of caricature to me right where they these characters aren't real people they are caricatures yeah. of those ghostbuster archetypes rather not and they're not even like one-to-one straight you know, caricatures. They're just like this, these out, really, really out there, like kind of like non characters, really. There, there is Leslie Jones, who's the over the top black woman. And then there's uh, Kate McKinnon, who's the over the top, like, does she even have any lines in this movie as, as, as Holtzman? Like, Not she's much. just the over Not the much. top, like, nerdy, like, oh, I'm just going to make gadgets. And then you have, uh, the other two characters who are just like basically the same character, like they're just basically doing the same thing. Uh, and I guess that's the most like disappointing to me. And then you also have Chris uh, Hemsworth, who is this like Moral. unrealistically stupid person that yeah. they just all fawning over. It. And like, I understand like long ago because he forgot to eat. Yeah, I understand like is. they're kind of making a joke on the trope of like you know, 80s movies or movies always having like the the bimbo character that's never too bright, but like the guys keep them around because they're hot. Mm -hmm. But that was never really in Ghostbusters. Like Janine wasn't there because she was hot. Janine was there because she was useful. Right? Right. Like she was the one hitting on them, not the other way around. Like, like, and like, yeah, it's just like that kind of joke. It just didn't work for me. And maybe it's because of my male perspective and all the other good stuff. It's just like, Why is this guy? No one would have this dude around just because he's hot. Even if he's hot, he's fucking useless. Like, <laughs> no one would have this dude around. And then, then you go on to the dance scene, which you know would be fun for some people. It's just not fun for me. I guess it's just it's just like no. more silliness. It's more over the top silliness. And movies can be silly. I love silly movies. It's just like you shouldn't have slapped something like the Ghostbusters on it. That's that's it. That's probably. Because you are, whether you like it or not, whether you're saying this is for a new generation or not, you are linking it to the older stuff. You are directly comparing it 
by naming a Ghostbusters. Like mm-hmm. you are directly linking it to the other stuff. And therefore you're directly, you know, uh, inviting comparison. Right. 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 Like you do that for every other movie in, in, in any other, in any other thing. If you are doing a sequel or a, a reboot, you are, you you are automatically saying this. You should compare this to the last thing that happened around because we are trying to reinvent that thing. So, you know, the villain doesn't doesn't really work for me. The the dance scene doesn't work for me. Um, the fact that they start knocking out ghosts in the the end fight scene, like yeah, it's kind of cool visually, but it's like they're ghosts. <laughs> like they don't. I mean, like can go? Do they? I mean, I'd be fine if they understand if we establish that in the beginning of the movie that ghosts can like sleep or like do things like normal people. But if you punch a ghost, like <laughs> not compared, it just it just it just <laughs> falls apart for me. For me, it just falls apart, and it's like at this end when I'm already like not having really that much fun with it, and at the end you're just like just throwing all like maybe like grounded believability out the window for me. Like that's when I was just like, um, this is not. This is not what this is not what I'm in for, and I was and I was one of the people who was really excited for this movie, right? I was like, "Yo, let yeah, let's go for female, yeah, let's do it. Who cares? Like it's Paul Feige, whatever his name is. I love his movie. Let's go, let's do it." And it's just like a soulless cash grab without really like understanding what the heart of what Ghostbusters was. So it's meh. It's entertaining. I can I can sit down and watch it and. And and be entertained, but like for for me as a thirty eight year old man, it's just not going to be like Afterlife was. Like that will like make me excited for more movies of Ghostbusters. This is like, thank you that you made it, but don't make any others. <laughs> right, right, all right, Jaren. Uh, unlike you guys, I think Leslie Jones is trash. Uh, she's her standup is trash. Uh, You're trash. She's a- I've actually watched her standup. It's trash. She got into a, a a beef with Anthony Jeselnik of all people because she just wanted to be a, a just a giant cunt to him. So um, uh, horrible, like not funny person, uh, and not at all at all bringing the spirit of Winston to this, this movie, like just the exact opposite, like taking a big dump on the idea of the every man and how I, ah, ah, hate it. Um, yeah, you can't punch a ghost hundred percent. I don't care if it's a proton knuckles or whatever. It's the, the whole point of the science is that you have to get them in a capture, uh, tether and then trap them with another device. That's the whole thing. That's it. Don't make, don't call the stupid movie Ghostbusters if you're going to ignore everything that came before it. And also, who the fuck uh, tweets about being angry that this new movie ignores the 2016 Ghostbusters after the 2016 Ghostbusters clearly fucking ignored everything that came before it? The fuck, I just, the whole thing is infuriating. The movie's trash. It's not because they're girls. I was, I was down for an all girls cast. I still think there should be. Just, just put some talented people in there and do it. And also, let's get a script together and not just make everybody fucking riff and then and try to cobble together a fucking movie at the end in the editing room. Be like, I sort of have an idea of what's going on. No, 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 no. Ah, you have archetypes. Uh, you have uh, 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 Kate McKinnon was the only fun part of the movie, and it's because she was so batshit insane that she was hard not to look at. I mean, um, 
you 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 had the uh, you made Bill Murray a skeptic. I mean, I mean, uh, you you made you made the bad guy an internet troll uh, that was you know basically embodying everybody that's shitting on your movie before it came out. Like I just, uh, it was a stupid stupid movie made by people that didn't understand the concept and were more excited about being woke or some idea of being woke. And when it all came crashing down, they were, they just said that everybody that didn't like it was a misogynist, which is stupid because it's a bad move. I I will, I'll push back and say this, that because now, because with the highest set of more information and we, Mm -hmm. we can see things now, Nothing's ever going to be 84 in the sequel. Afterlife is not them. If you want to be real, Afterlife shits on a lot of stuff that 84 in the sequel talk about too as well. Like what? Just the premise that you're like, oh, you capture Wrangle it in. Like 84 and all that never like, they always had to do like combined teamwork with multiple proton packs to Wrangle ghosts to bring them in. Wrangle one ghost. They did it with singular streams most of the time, easily. Like, It's a, a lot of things game. that, like, it, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It was, it was Egon's proton pack that was meant to operate as a single unit. It wasn't meant to operate. I don't ever explain that. It was a beefed up proton pack. No, it no, no. Egon. Again, I'm just saying, like, but again, the same logic is like the technology evolved in advance. So yeah, proton knuckles could evolve in that and advance in the technology. Like, and but, also but, let's keep in mind, let's keep in mind, this is a different universe. So maybe the ghosting doesn't work the same way because again. The original Ghostbusters aren't the same people in this universe. They're the sure. first ones inventing this technology in this universe. So if we if we're to believe that nuclear reactors can be strapped on your back and wrangle ghosts, I'm sorry if it's not too far for me to believe that someone can invent how to punch a ghost. Now, Jason's argument about a ghost being knocked out, it means a consciousness had to be there and you had yeah. to lose consciousness to knock out. I'm right there with you. That's why I didn't even push back. But the argument that the technology is dumb, I think, can't be the argument. The argument is the reaction from the use of the technology can be dumb, which I have no argument for because, again, <clears throat> and I guess you can make an argument because if a ghost is alive, that means that it's some consciousness there, right. which you can knock something out of consciousness if it is there. But I'm not going to argue that one. I'm just going to say that the technology, you can do the technology portion of this if we're saying a stream can wrangle a ghost. It's funny. Uh, in the comic books, they had people that wanted to be Ghostbusters, but they were not Ghostbusters, and they were setting up a competing uh, business. And in that business, they were just they have a streams that exploded. <laughs> the streams exploded the ghosts. It just it just basically atomized the the ghost material, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they weren't trapping it. They weren't they weren't doing anything with it. They were just shooting the ghosts, and they were exploding. Uh, oh, and all Ultimately, all of those particles would start to recombine very slowly, but because multiple ghosts had been exploded, they were starting to create something right. different when they were recombining back together. I mean, you could say that they that in the in this movie when they were punching those ghosts, they were just temporarily taking them out of the fight for a minute, and they would have to come back and trap them. I mean, they they established that they had to have a big stupid trap. So, <laughs> you know. I mean, Unwieldy thing <laughs> was massive. They're you know, like, for me, girls, made... let's give them a bigger piece of equipment to drag her out. You know, for me, would have made that punching thing work more, and there would have not been a huge change to anything they were doing. Is the fact that if she punched him with it, she they would have been ensnared with a proton beam, right? And that and that probably would have worked. Like, okay, she's ensnaring him, and therefore they can't move or do right. anything. Talking struggling, yeah, yeah, they're struggling, but they're not. 
But I think the most disappointing thing for me for that movie was Leslie Jones's character because at this point it's 2016. You know, we could have had her be one of the scientists. You know, that's one of the things that I will knock uh, on. Uh, uh. On, the on, black person on be somebody smart in the movie. What are we talking She's about? She's an actress. She can try. All right. <laughs> oh, what are we talking about? Lucky. Wasn't and I don't know if this was her choice. The new one. <laughs> I don't know if this is her choice or whatever she wanted to play that part. But I think originally, like Melissa McCarthy was supposed to be the one that was not the scientist. Hmm. And but like you talking about representation, like I would have been like if it was like for me, a five movie, and they would have made her one of the scientists, it would have been a six, at least. 100%. <laughs> and everything else could have been the same. <laughs> yeah. If she wasn't such so, a tragic caricature of something that's horrible. I'd, yeah, uh, and it's, it's like... Well, I, I, it, I think part of the reason, like, going to my review, like, I think the part of the reason that we're missing on this is that, yes, you're correct. Name it a different movie. I, I'm right there with you guys. Once again, I said, the movie ain't for us, but this movie isn't the 84's reality. It's not even that's the 84th fine. universe. And no, no, that's my point I'm trying to say. So the things that we're griping about because it isn't what 84 established, you could kind of almost throw out the window because it isn't 84's universe. The problem with this movie is they do a poor job of establishing the rules in this universe to effectively work through it. Right. 84 does a great job of establishing the rules of that universe, and we work through it. This one doesn't. But as I said, so when we say... <laughs> Well, they lose in the essence of it. The essence of when you talk about a Ghostbusters is the everyday person trying to start a business, working through their business while society norms try to stop them. Right. They do that here. Even the whole dumbass wonton soup thing that I fucking hate is an analogy to the stupidity of corporatism and cutting costs. Like it's all in here. It's just poorly done. It's so just poorly hilariously done. poorly done. Wow. And as I'm saying, so the the point of reason they put it in another universe. And so they didn't have to play by the exact rules of the previous universe, which allows with, them more freedom to do things that we hate. Because it isn't for that, us, guys. If they're not playing by the exact rules, they could have made the black person a scientist. Yeah, I agree. And also, <laughs> I agree. It, it's they they picked and chose instead of right? being a so subway like, operator. Yeah, they're like we are or an MTA officer. They're like, listen, we are in no way affiliated with any Ghostbusters that's come before us. But also, we're gonna skip how all the stuff works, really. And you just have to watch the other movie that we're not affiliated with in any way to understand how it works. Like they were very pick and choosy about. They're like, you know, well, no, uh, they explained how the technology mm -hmm. worked. They did it. They explained it in the movie again. I'm, yeah, she did a whole scene again. where they they tested that, yeah. alley. That alley scene was so trash. Oh, I, like I just scene. like I said because I like you you don't like what they gave <laughs> you. McCarthy You're literally saying, "Ow, my face" or whatever. I was like, "Stop!" Once again, because we, we didn't like what they gave us, we rebelled against it. But they did it, and they did the stuff. It just wasn't with the same charm that we wanted because it ain't for us, guys. Like I, I'll even go as far as say, "What's a recent comedy that you watched?" A comedy movie that you watched recently that you were like, like really thrilled about it and made you laugh and you had a great time with. Like a lot of these jokes ain't for us like that. Booksmart. Booksmart was really good. Yeah. Yes, but Booksmart was a callback to the old school comedy age. Right or wrong, Booksmart was a callback to the old school comedy age. Like even for us, it was That's more super bad. bad, which was in our era. Yeah. But I'm talking about this new age comedy, like of these everybody's witty and quippy and all that. Like I, I don't. I can't even think of any comedy movies. What's up? Give us a for instance. What do you? Yeah, I couldn't even think of any comedy movies that I've seen. What I'm saying, like when you said Booksmart, but Booksmart is a is a it holds back to older comedy that we enjoyed, like Superbad. 
and that stuff like this 21 Jump Street, New Age. Yeah, again, That's older comedy, gross out human comedy. Even like, all these are like in the like, last five years. I can't even. Remember. Was was five years. That's what I'm saying. But bridesmaids was old school, gross out humor and comedy. There's new comedies of this movie. It's like whippy and quippy and what comedy movie came out that's not a marvel movie <laughs> yeah again that's why it's tough because they don't even really make comedies anymore because you can't make like a bad grandpa because no that movie sucks. because of the, the or because of the pc nature of what we're going through it's harder to make comedies that we like so now comedies that come out usually are going to be very sanitized and non-offensive and you're i think that's we, part of you, you're saying we've experienced the death of the raunchy comedy in our lifetime no they come back Somebody um, will make a creative way to do it. It will definitely come back. Yeah. But right now, until that person steps up, gotcha. it's, it's nothing we're going to do here. It, 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 it's over for that noise. So, like, a lot of this stuff, and, I mean, most comedies I can't even think of, one recently that I likely liked and thought was, like, funny at all. But anyway, uh, Ooh. 2016, yes. I was thinking of a comedy movie that I liked that came out. Uh, the the uh, one with the, the Game Night. But that's also huh. going back to what you're saying. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 but even Game Night is even sanitized too. Like yeah. Game Night yeah, could have been a lot funnier if they would have let it go further. But they didn't let it go further. They kind of pop star never it. stopped stopping. Ah, that was a good ah, one. Pop, that is a good one. That I will give you that one. Comedies that came out in the last few years, like Andy Samberg. Like, I just yeah, I will give you pop star. Yes, pop star is right. sanitized but still funny as hell. Funny so we well. so we know where I stand on 2016. We know that you yeah. guys are uh, at least Jason number one's apology uh, an apologist for it. Jason yeah. number A, how how did you feel about it ultimately? It's a meh movie. It's not like it's not as bad as people say so, it is, but it's not good either. So it's it's okay now. Meh, trash. Understood. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I, feel like is, I feel like it's a gradient. It's a gradient. Yeah, I feel like man is okay. So I think man means it's that's, okay. Like eh. that, 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 that's fair. I like that. Yeah, like <laughs> if we always like, agree on everything, this would be a boring podcast. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yes, yes, I agree. And I agree, uh, sir. Yes, it was, it was garbage. Yes, yeah. Jason, it was garbage. You should go and change your opinion to it being garbage. <laughs> Got it. So it was garbage. Yes, yeah. guys. Got All it. right. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another edition of the N-Word for Nerd podcast. It was our Ghostbusters edition because, you know, busting makes us feel good. Pause. Yes, um, hopefully you guys enjoy. <laughs> busting does make me feel good. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully everybody enjoyed this and let us know about your thoughts on Ghostbusters and do you like our takes on it? Do you think all of them are trash, all of them are great, or just pick and choose which ones you enjoy? Also, let us know what you thought about uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife when you get to see it. We do do the spoiler thing, you know, a little further down. So you have some opportunity to hear us talk about it without spoilers being on there. Uh, but please remember to like, share, subscribe to us on from at Head Cannon Circus on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM. We are everywhere you want to be. Like that credit card. I forgot which one says that, but we are that. Um, Discover. With all that being <laughs> with all that being said, Jaron, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, comment down uh, where you agree with everything I said, and uh, if you disagree, definitely we will. We are doing what? You're comment? a sexist. We're doing comment uh, <laughs> comment episodes now, so uh, bring all of your Ghostbuster love or hate, and uh, we will definitely feature you and have a conversation about it. So, absolutely. 
And Jason, any closing words for us? I'm looking at the popular comedies of 2021, and none of them are any pure comedies. This is weird. Maybe we don't do comedies anymore. Because right. it's hard to do a pure comedy because of this PC world we're in now. Like, it sucks. I wouldn't blame political being kind to people as PC, but that's fine. <laughs> well, no, think about it. If you make a comedy and you say something mean that offends somebody, everybody backlashes on the comedy now because we are in this, like, you, comedy doesn't have the license it used to have to be offensive. That's what I mean. Yeah. By PC. You can't be offensive. Tell that to Bill Jim Jeffries, and Anthony Jeselnik, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, you well, get it, you, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Bill Burr, he did that great Saturday Night Live uh, opening monologue where he just made fun of white women, and he got yeah, <laughs> he got killed for it. And it's he like, got killed for it, but it was like a hundred percent like nothing he said wasn't true. It was so <laughs> great. But yo, like, y'all be kind, be considerate to one another, and tip your servers and bartenders twenty percent at least, if not more, but at least twenty. <laughs>